Hello and welcome to the Bull Mountain Brothers Podcast with your hosts, Ramsey Rutschke, Riley Rutschke, and Sean Morris. What is up, podcast listeners? I'm here with the boys. How are we doing, guys? What's up, fools? Good. Welcome to our first After Dark special. We're pretty excited. What are we? I think we're going to call this thing the, the Lodge Crew. I don't know. I don't know. That's a little bit of a brainstorm idea, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get some feedback on that. Every Everyone calls it After Dark. Everyone, everyone every podcast calls. Basically, uh, we've got this explicit episode that we're doing uh once a month, yeah, and uh, I don't know. We're thinking what to call it. It's tough coming up with names. It's not like you can just kind of sit down and and figure it out, right? No. What do, well, what do except we... for except for segment last week, sitting in here like, well, what the hell should we call my segment that we had last week? And Ramsey just comes up, Sean's no shit or bullshit. Right, that's the <laughs> that was good right, right there. Yeah. And the Wall Tank Chronicles well, also was, worked out good. I mean, the one time you guys let me talk and. Oh, oh shit! Who was that, Ramsey? That came up with that idea, Wild Tent Chronicles? No, no it was, was me. Really? really? Yeah, I have great ideas. Wow, I am uh, piss excellent. You're a one and done though type of guy. Or? <laughs> so uh, viewer discretion is advised. Uh, I mean, we do cuss on every episode, anyways, but we do. The subjects might get a little more spicy. They could. Uh, also, this is our first recorded video podcast. This what is, is up? What's up, guys? This is true. Um, we are not as ugly in person, I swear. Well, maybe Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. definitely. He's got a face for radio, like we've said multiple <laughs> know, times. Yeah. yeah. Well, what you guys? Uh, what have you guys been up to since last week? You get anything done last weekend? No. <laughs> Absolutely skunked. Yeah, we went ice fishing, as we said, and it was, uh, as some would say, don't go to Cooney Reservoir if you are thinking about going ice fishing and you're in this area. I'll just save you the trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or we suck. I don't think there's any fish in that lake. Dude, well, I, we saw people on uh, today on Facebook catching rainbows. Today, yeah. But That's, they're probably in the shallower spots. They're on the other side. There's yeah. no Walters, dude. Where are the Walters? Oh, no, they all got shoved out on that, on, onto, that, onto the, the ocean. Yep, the ocean. Do <laughs> you think I'm really going to say it, you uh, dirty sack of shit? Sean, I'd like you to finish that sentence just to piss Riley off. No, no. <laughs> this is seen by at least... 200 people a week. Oh. At a bare minimum. And all 200 and maximum. need to know Riley's <laughs> Hey, there is a day possibly where a person could go back. Hey, when we hit 100 episodes, even episode three, someone could go back and listen to things. Like restart. Are we? Do you think, like, you know how you go in and, like, a really good TV show will have, like, every episode is, like, adding on to the previous Right. Would you say that our podcasts, you know, from zero to a hundred episodes would be about the same thing or no? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Especially if we recap every, I mean, we recap our weekend. I can't stand those, those TV shows. I mean, <laughs> you're like, you're like one week they're doing something and the next week they're not even in the same area. And you're just like, how do I watch this? Yeah. Can't well, handle it. or episode, episodical. Is that how they say it? Yeah. No. Nope. I don't think so. No, I think it episonic. Epi. Anyways, Epidemic. let's move on here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but nothing, you guys got nothing else done this weekend besides our one, like, six-hour session. Oh, we uh, kind of got up late to go fishing. What happened? Yeah. I can't remember. Why were we Why were we out fishing late? Because we had to go to Walmart to get you on a chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we yeah. had to go get fucking uh, 
Minos. It was, we it's have any Minos? it's like basically every Dead Minos? instance of us doing anything. Well, besides hunting, we're pretty good at hunting. Except for when I but, forgot my camo. <laughs> and the podcast until the one night we have a guest, we're like oh, super like organized. Yeah, no shit. Well, it's not that it's not that difficult when there's just three of us. We just show up, sit down, and bang it out. And then fourth guy shows up, and I don't know. Ramsey's running around the house like his ass is on fire, and Riley's sitting there trying to calm him down. It's just a oh, it's been it's been a great night. We're having just a good time. Go on an Amazon spending spree, so I don't have to deal with technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, anymore. yeah. Well, so we only fished for like six hours. Uh, it was fucking cold. Yeah, actually warmer when we got there. Um, and no wind. And no wind. We were driving out there, and I thought the truck was going to flip over. Yeah, we get out there, and there's no wind. And uh, I had one bite. Maybe. I was asleep, so I'm going to be with Sean. Hey, it was following. It, the sonar, we watched the yeah. fish. Fo- just no, like no, no. It was, I mean, it wasn't like we got there, didn't see any fish. Like, we picked fish up on the on the flasher all day. Yeah, they just weren't And they, it. I mean, we'd get them off the bottom like they should. They would just wouldn't hit. Yeah, it sucks. Really know. It really sucks. Riley, sucked. you know, his just according to Sean Bass at this thing in the fly. <laughs> oh, he fucking did. Actually, there's a better story than that. We got game checked, or not game checked. What would you call it? The warden license came through. Checked, yeah. We got our license checked, which is great. We're always we have our licenses ready and everything. But oh, really? I had you a no, 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 no. I'm going to interject here because. I told Riley the night before, he's like, no, I got it on my phone. And I was like, well, you should put your tags in there just in case. He's like, all right, I'll put my tags in there. Then, same night, I go over to Sean's, and he's like, oh, I could just get it on my phone. I'm like, Sean, your tags are in your hunting backpack. He's like, oh, yeah, so he put his tags in there. Neither one could find it on their fucking phone. Bullshit. I just, I if I I was under pressure and a little bit no. more time, I could have found the screenshot. What, what Riley should have said is Ramsey and I were one and done, handed him the shit, taken care of, and Riley is fucking throwing everything around no, no, in the ice me. house. Well, that was me. No. no well, hold on. Riley. Let's preference this. Uh, preface. 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 Holy shit, we can't even talk tonight. Pretty I can't normal. talk normally, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but okay. um, in Montana... What was it last year they passed it? They went to paperless for fishing. So you, if you have a certain email sent to you with your hunting re- or your fishing regulations on it, you can screenshot it or keep it in an email folder, and you can show the game warden. And we learned this, which I believe works for upland bird as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I have I keep my hunting tags. Yeah. For those listening, hunting. do not listen to anything Ramsey says. <laughs> well, I mean, regardless. So. We had an incident where a friend of ours that was with us fishing that doesn't fish ever, like this was like last March, didn't know that you had to get like a fishing license every year, apparently. And so when we got stopped by the game wardens, that's how we learned. I mean, we had all of our tags, you know, printed copies, but that's where we personally learned that you can have the screenshot on your phone. Well, I'm going back through because I was like, at that time, I was like, I'm going to like screenshot this right now. I don't know what the hell happened to it, but it wasn't on there. So I'm like, oh, I'm starting to get nervous. But I remember that I threw my tags in the back of Ramsey's chair. So as I get up, I a couple of weeks ago, I bought this uh, like little plastic bucket that you put like live worms in. <laughs> oh, shit. I know where he's going with this. <laughs> <laughs> that you put like, uh, you put your bait in, right? Yeah. And it's so cold out. I'm not like, cause you're, I think you're supposed to like actually like dump the, sawdust and stuff in the thing 
But I just had them all in their containers because it was so cold and I didn't want them to die. So I go to pick that. I, I had to go up. Because that thin layer of plastic is going to keep them from dying. Yeah, it's insulated. Well, Six mil plastic. Listen, we went to a pond a couple weeks ago and they all died. So I tried something new, okay? Let's finish your story here. All right. So anyways, I get I'm up. wrap this episode up here pretty <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go to get up to go over to Ramsey's chair to get my tags because I can't find it on my phone. I move the bucket. And meanwhile, so like... If you can imagine the square of the ice hut, the door is here. So the, the game warden's leaning in through the door. And my hole, my hole is like here. Ram, no, my, I'm sitting here. Ramsey's sitting here. So I turn around to, uh, <sighs> really? <laughs> just, I, just. It's pretty fucking funny. Riley was very funny. Ramsey doesn't talk for three fucking episodes, and now he's the yawn guy. <laughs> get him one fucking German beer, and he's the and and fucking he's the yawn guy now. Can you just get to the point? All of right, the story? it's a good story. You're being too descriptive. <laughs> yeah, no, are. well, it's hilarious. All right, fine, fine. End of the story. Here is the game warden's leaning in, and this is you know he's it's a not it's not a tense moment, but like every time you're the game warden, you're like I want to do everything correctly. And I turn around and I dump the entire I, I knock the minnow or the, the worm bucket straight into Ramsey's ice hole. All of our worms, all of our wax worms, straight into Ramsey's ice hole. <laughs> Lost all of our wax worms. And the game warden just was laughing his ass off. He goes, Oh, you guys should come you guys should wait a couple hours and whoever's got this hole is gonna be hitting them hot. And I'm like, You lying sack of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the theory did not work. And by the way, for you folks that don't normally ice fish, I'm using a sonar fish finder. So all the little particles of sawdust and worm that are going down <laughs> is marking as a fish on my fish finder. Went on until we left. Yeah. yeah. And then what, we started a little game when we were cutting the heads off the dead minnows and throwing the bodies in the holes, you know, sinking them. <laughs> yeah, the fish were eating good. Kept doing that to each other. They weren't other. eating on our hooks, but they were eating good <laughs> yeah. that day. That's probably why. We're just like, well. What was on that we both caught that what, what what was it? Was it a minnow body that came? I mean, that no, was it was a fucking Zen package. Was it? No, it no, was that. Wasn't. What was it? It was that piece of jerky thing that was in the bag. Oh yeah, yeah. And it literally hit the bottom in like two seconds. Yeah, because yeah, you, you spilled feet. the bag of jerky too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We couldn't keep anything in our hands. No. No, just we need to put like a grate over the hole because we're just too clumsy to like. I'd say to function. Reiterate that statement by saying Riley needs to put a grate over. Oh, I didn't accidentally drop the jerky thing in there. Okay, well, oh shit. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean, why don't you tell us what we got going on today? We got a banger of an episode today. Yeah, absolutely. It comes it comes off like a shit show right off the bat, but we had it's gonna be good. Just had a little little recap of of. Our ice fishing content that we promise you to bring that we will not be giving you. Yeah. Because there is none. <laughs> there literally is none. But, banger of an episode. I'm, I'm sure if you wanted to see three guys in an ice hut, there's a website for that. And this is not that <laughs> website. <laughs> anyway, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the German prodigy, Sven Yoshida, as our guest today. Happy to be here. Hi, Sven. Good, good, man. So, Sven, um, we wanted to have you on the podcast mainly because we are a friend, first of all, and this is supposed to be yep. for, for friends of the podcast. But second of all, you when did you move here? 
2015. 2015. So, um, and this would be the first year that you got your hunting license in yep. America? Yep. Okay. Did you hunt in Germany previously? Nope. No? Never hunted before. So what got you into hunting and, and interested in, in starting that adventure? Uh, honestly, kind of meeting Sean and Ramsey got me into hunting a little bit more. I mean, I've been, I've gotten more interested in hunting, like probably the last year or so, just watching different stuff, following people on social media, like following Joe Rogan and then Cameron Haynes, people like that. I just really like intriguing guys and they're definitely um, motivational because yeah, they shoot definitely. monster bulls. <laughs> yeah. They do all right. <laughs> oh, okay. Riley Orton. Well, I see, I just sound like a, such a fanboy, dude. But, like, the, the best content. Dude, Eric Chester's putting out the best fucking content every year. The dude shoots giant bulls every year. Well, Rogan does okay, but, I mean, he's got Cam Haynes is, like. Nah. I mean, uh, he has that, like, in his back pocket. I will say. We have talked about Sven on the cast before, and I want to hear it from Sven's side of of his actual first experience and day of hunting. I mean, how was that for you? That was amazing. Yeah? Yeah. It was awesome. So, you guys went out before I went out with, with all four of you, or it three of you? opening weekend, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. was. the first time. And you guys were targeting? Mule deer. Mule deer. Okay. Um. What exactly? Well, just tell us, kind of like from from the beginning as a first time hunter in America. I mean, the way I'm I'm imagining things is like this terrain has to be a little different than you're used to at home. Did you do like hiking and stuff at home and yeah, like camping? Yeah, I've always been like so you've been into outdoors outdoors stuff, camping, hiking, all that kind of stuff. But hunting is not really a big thing, is right? It, is it pretty hard to get a license? It or? is. I mean, it's pretty pretty restricted. Sure. Um, Guns in general, it's like hard to hard to get, right? Because our just gun control is just, right. you know, a lot a lot bigger back home. So not many people own guns. And then I don't I don't even know a lot about hunting back home. I think we talked about it a little bit, yeah. and then I actually looked it up myself because I didn't really know. But there's like a whole like long year long process of getting mm. like certified, hunting certified, yeah. and then. I think there's just not a lot of land where you can actually go do it. And, yeah, that makes sense. You know, on all the the animals you can shoot, I, I think it's just so. What do they even have in Germany? Yeah, types of different types of deer. They have red deer, I think. They have. They have to have bird hunting, I would guess. Yeah, I think we looked at all kinds of different Jeez, deer. Jesus, uh, I was I looking it too. up. Yeah, they have male deer. Sorry to interrupt, Sven. But first of all, if Ramsey doesn't stop fucking burping in my face, <laughs> I'm going to drop that can over your forehead. I don't even know Do you not name. smell that? <laughs> no. The shit is rancid. He's probably smelling his own feet, dude. No, man. This don't don't, don't use that good German can. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. Sven was gra- graceful enough he to bring us. He smuggled these illegally. I had to get these through customs. Okay? Yeah, okay, Where do you okay. think you put them? <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, back to Sven. Um, so I guess as like a native Montana and someone's hunted, hunted my whole life, I have a perspective of like every time I go out in the morning, like what I know I'm going to experience and stuff. Right. What was it like for you to come out like, obviously you're coming into the dark to a place you've never been with really unknown expectations, I would assume. Yeah. Like what was it like for you 
that morning, that first morning, like what were you expecting and what like surprised you that morning? Um, honestly, first of all, I think I thought it was really like peaceful just going out early in the morning. Um, just like being outdoors, just that early, you know, sun isn't even up yet and just kind of like hanging out outside and just kind of checking out the terrain and everything. And then I, I didn't really know how like everything like, uh, that goes down, you know, I didn't really know the whole process of like, mm-hmm. kind of like checking out with the, with the binos, like all the, the deer, whatnot, all the animal, maybe you see something and you stop with, with your ranger and whatnot. And then check out the animals i did i didn't i didn't really know anything to be honest with just kind of went in blind i just went in blind because i just you know i've gotten interested in doing it and you like hearing you guys talk about it when we would hang out just kind of got me a little a little jazzed, a little so jazzed did, and, did you guys yeah. see anything that morning that was probably the most we, saw. <laughs> we had oh really a hell of a day oh man it was do you want me to I mean, well to be to be honest with you those two <laughs> They got me really excited. They were like, "Yeah, you're gonna shoot something." Like, no, definitely gonna shoot something. Like, defense, I mean. be, and I was like so jacked. And then the whole day didn't quite. It go was as more planned. or less, I would say. Would you guys agree? It was like a long string of one or two seconds that didn't work out for us. Did did you did you make any stocks or? Oh yeah, we spent <laughs> the hardest four stock hours. on a mule deer I've ever done in my life. Oh really? So. There's kind of this this area where it's like a little oasis of trees, right, right in the middle of a of a, a wheat field, and it's a low spot that you can't see from anywhere else. And there was a herd of fifteen bachelor herd so, about fifteen yeah. bucks, and they're all right in the middle of this. And I'm like, well, let's just walk up to the top of this hill and and see what we can uh, see what we can get and. We get up to the top of this hill, and here's this just beautiful 4 by 4 I'm like, Sven, that's your deer. Right there. <laughs> that's your deer. And we get, the, we get the gun all set up, and I'm like, all right, Sean, let's get a range. What was it? 395? Yeah. 395, 400. Sven hasn't shot a rifle that much. Yeah, that's a poke, dude. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is a definite, like, that's a big thing with, like, somebody coming in new and, like, with hunting. Like, you kind of got to, like, shoot a lot and get comfortable with it because, I mean, like, how how honestly were you feeling on that, like he was just saying, like, at that 400 yards? I mean, like, in your mind, were you, like, comfortable with that or? I wasn't quite comfortable, to be sure. honest. Like, I was pretty nervous at that at that range because, as you guys said, I hadn't shot that much. Yeah. And, you know, first time hunting especially, like, I want to make sure that when I get my shot off that – it's going to be deadly and then it's going to be right. good. I don't want to hurt the animal and then no, it just run, runs off. And Yeah, I'd say probably like if you think about like yourself, Ramsey, you've been shooting guns since you were like six. Four. Think about like <laughs> even like through like when you were a little. Competitively old. since I was eight. Well, like think about like even like you were doing Cub Scouts and as a kid, you're shooting BB guns and stuff. Like for you to make a 400 yard shot is like. It's still not easy, first of all. Right. There's a lot of factors into it. So, yeah, I would say, like, for someone that's first, like, beginning, like, under 200-yard shot would be, like, an ideal situation. Like, a lot more stalking, a lot more. Is that, like, is that something that you, like, at, like, a 200 yards, is that what you were kind of, like, in your head, kind of plot or paint a picture? Yeah, 250, I think. I mean, the 
last time we went out to shoot before that, I like I felt pretty comfortable after that because I shot and he did like, well too. Yeah, shot pretty well, I think, for you know what I'm capable of. Well, along with so um, hunting, is shoot, did you shoot any guns at home, or is this also no, like your first? No, the first time I've shot it, I shot a gun was. I didn't even shoot a gun. I think my first year when I came here, maybe 2016 or something. First oh, wow. time when I just kind of with some friends. Yeah, you guys need to get them out and shoot some more different guns yeah. too. We shot a shotgun yet? I actually haven't. Mm. That's gonna have to change. Yeah. Ramsey's been shooting traps since he was eight years old, and he can't even get his <laughs> friends out to shoot shotguns. Well, I don't want to go do something that I do for a hobby. Yeah, it's not really the season for that either. No. And I think we kind of all agreed on this that just because of how, like, you know, indifferent Sven is from us until he came to, like, join us as friends, you know, and, like, became to like our hobbies right. and all that kind of stuff. We kind of wanted to make this an after dark mix with an interview because Sven's got some cool shit. He's got cool story on how, you know, he came to sit in that chair. Yeah, I know. This does kind of seem like an interview, but I have so many, like, interesting questions. I know. Like, like really, uh, this is, like, it's, like, our life, it, it feels normal. All this stuff feels normal. Right. But for you, it's, like, a whole new experience. Like, you've not only never hunted, but you've only, like, the hunting you've done has only been for mule deer. And, like, right. do, you have, do you have a cow tag? No. No. So, it's just mule deer. Like, there is, like, 50. Dozens of other kinds of hunting right. too, isn't that cra- pretty crazy to think about? It's yeah. like, um, no, it's pretty cool. So, did you that day? Did you did you kind of finish up on that day? So, we're chilling, looking at these deer, and we're like, man, how do we get closer? And so, <laughs> Sean devises this plan. He's like, let's yonder army crawl, a hundred and fifty <laughs> yards. No, it wasn't that bad. I I will okay. It turned into that, but at first, the terrain we were hunting in was just—you'd think. You, I mean, it's the Bull Mountains, so you get you're like, oh, there's a spot where I can glass there. Nope, you can't. I mean, it's just like everything you think of that you can you can do on like oh the next knob, the next knob. It's like complete opposite of your exact you know perfect scenario. Right. And so that kind of happened to us when we got on that hill after because obviously. Walking behind that hill, we had cover, but to pop up to get our eyes back on them, we had to, you know, get down. And the first angle we had was not very good. It was not very good. And, I mean, and there was – we glassed the one deer that – and Sven glassed the same deer, and he made the decision that's the deer he wanted to go for. So that's what we were doing. And when we got up there, it was just like – Gone. And then, I mean – we're like sitting there the whole time. We could see the other bucks with them, and we're like, he's in there. It's just where? And we're like, well, can we go left? Do we have the cover? Should we go right? No, the wind's bad. We can't go straight. And we're what were we on that on that knob? What did you say we were like? Seventy five yards to the farthest deer. On that knob, right by the tracks, right. On the no, the first time we got on them, four hundred. Yeah, and then when we we kept moving, and then that's when the army crawl came into play because yeah. we're like, we have no cover here. We're in a wheat field, <laughs> and I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like a yard sale on the ground behind us because you left your bino harness. <laughs> Sven took his sweatshirt off, yeah. 
uh, my hunting pack was laying back there. I mean, it was just a trail of us just lightening up. Or I don't. I mean, it was just. It was <laughs> funny. Was a good time. And I don't know. It was. I could definitely tell that Sven was excited. Oh yeah, I he mean, didn't that, complain one time. No, and I mean, we're crawling through like nasty shit. <laughs> uh, damn cactus and <laughs> seriously, I was definitely I was really excited, man. I just I kept just, looking at him, and he's got. And, a just, and I will say, I was just fun. As, uh, as seasoned as I am in the, in the deer hunting world, I, I did ruin this one opportunity. Um, so we get to a spot, and all these deer bedded down. And they're obviously not going to move because the wind's blowing. So we sat there for about 20 minutes, and I'm like, I'm just going to kind of, I'm just going to kind of pop over this piece of sagebrush and see if I can make them nervous. You know, maybe they'll bunch up again and they'll have a shot at them. I shit you not. There is some juniper trees to my left. I pop up over the sagebrush, and this deer that Sven is after, that we're after, is 25 yards. To our left where we couldn't see him. Immediately takes off. It was like an, it was like scaring a bull elk out of the timber. He just gone. All right. Yeah. And how was that first hunting experience heartbreak for you? It was pretty tough because I was just expecting. Honestly, I think me personally, I was expecting to shoot something. Right. But I feel like now, like hearing you guys talk about it and just like getting into it a little more. More often than not, not, you don't shoot something. Absolutely. Like, 100%. You know? And just uh, the hunt itself, it's just, it's the fun part. And then just the camaraderie. Just Me and Sean yeah, might have had something to do with the fact that you thought you yeah. were just going to. You guys hype it up a little bit? <laughs> we did. I mean, because the year before was a good year. Well, and like he was just saying, I think that kind of explains really the best part of, like he got to experience the best part of hunting. And that's not shooting. That's like he said, you know. The experience itself, you'll, you'll have a memory that you'll right. be able to have for the rest of your life, and and you didn't even involve harvesting an animal. For sure. And yeah. did you, like, that moment when he was getting up, and there was a solid chance that you were going to get a shot, you had, we had, you were set up on the gun, you were in a good position, good rest. Did you get excited? Like, did you I get did. a buck fever? I did. You did? I definitely did. I mean, I was... Very Sean's an expert in this, so he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I did for sure. I mean, that just adrenaline rush and just kind of like getting amped up, getting excited. It was definitely there. Yeah, you'll like, you'll find out that like when you when you take that your first shot on something that because you've been shooting when you guys went out shooting, did you guys use ear protection? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you wouldn't have been hunting, correct? No. Or did you? Some people do. Some new beginners will wear like ear. Uh, that adrenaline will be one. so high right. when you shoot, you won't even know that you shot your gun. Yeah. But it's a, a matter of like getting those nerves down to yeah. make the shot. But it's it's a crazy that's, feeling. That's what I'm just really curious about. Still, like I've experienced now the hunt, like everything leading up to it, but not executing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. how I actually feel when I make that. Yeah, shot. so if, if, and if like it, what it actually feels like to put down. It, like an animal right if it know? like hits your your feelings a different way than right. you would have expected right. or you know i mean it's definitely like you can it's not something you can practice for no in no way and it's something that like i mean realistically uh i mean we talked last week five percent of u.s people are have hunting license one percent of the population has probably experienced like a 
you know, besides like and, and besides that, serial killers and stuff like <laughs> uh, like a true like ethical right uh, real spiritual killing of an animal, you know, yeah. something that you're going to use to you know, butcher, harvest, uh, feed, feed your, your family, family and yeah. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. And out of all the animals that I've taken, it's been a different experience every time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You never get the same one twice. Right. So I. What no. was the big thing that really like, cause I know for a while when we would like do like dart nights and stuff, we would talk about hunting mm-hmm. and like in the beginning, you, I mean like you would t- like talk with us just like, right. just cause, you know, and just like kind of chime in. But, and then it kind of like one week it just like flipped and you were like, holy shit, you guys are pissing me off. Cause I want to do this with you guys. <laughs> like what was that switch? I honestly don't know. Like I can't, couldn't tell you right now. But what I can tell you, so I think before I like got into like hunting and like hanging out with you guys, I kind of had a false perspective on hunting a little bit. Like, you know, like hunting, like you just said, like respecting the hunt, like ethical hunt and like you harvest the animal, like feed yourself, feed your family. Like that's, that's awesome. Like that's what it's, what it's about. Right. And like, sometimes I think I was thinking about the people who do it like in an unethical way, like poachers and all mm-hmm, those sure. kind of people who do it and just shoot the animal to shoot it. Yeah, they're you killers. Know, they just hunters. killers. They're not hunters. They don't care about the animal. Don't care about you know harvesting the animal. So some like sometimes, not you know, especially before I came to Montana, like before I kind of just got into. Like hanging out with people like you, I kind of I feel like I had a little like false perspective on sure. it. And so you're you're gonna sit here and tell me that Ramsey and I changed that perspective for you? <laughs> no, I mean no. no. I mean not like not right. us hunting, but like us talking about it. Right. Uh, I I didn't have that quite that perspective anymore. Okay. Like uh, before I met you guys, um, but. Like just meeting you guys and hanging out with you and you guys talking about it and just getting so excited about all, oh, you were all of that up. stuff, you, were you know, like, and you guys just the excitement and like smiling your faces, like just talking about hunting and like everything that goes into it and stuff like that. And obviously like, I still don't know like most of the terminology that oh, like sure. goes, you know, when we're hunting and like. Dude, we should have done a terminal like a like we glassing this or whatever, you know. What like, do they call that? Like a, a slang, a slang quiz for yeah, Sven. Yeah, we <laughs> uh, Sven, what is a dink? I have no idea. Oh man, every deer rally's ever shot. Oh my god, <laughs> this guy again! Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that would have been fun though. What up? What up? Um, so I mean. I guess I think we've, I mean, a good chunk covering on, on Sven getting into hunting and stuff like that. I mean, I just would like, I want to know, like, you've obviously, I've, you didn't grow up in in the States. Nope. You grew up in Germany. Yeah. But you have lived your adult life both here and in Germany. Yep. You know what it's like to grow, I mean, you've seen people grow up, know what, I mean, heard stories from us grow up in the States. What is like... Like, what is life like growing up in Germany compared to, like, I mean, like, just daily stuff? Like, what right. what really is, like, differences? Um, that's, that's a hard thing to, 
hard thing to say, hard thing to answer. I mean, the way I grew up, like I grew up just around sports, like doing sports my whole life pretty much. And like that was kind of like the main focus, school and sports. Um, what what I can say is that like Germany, like we, it's a free country too. Like we're right. freedom, right? But what I always, the, the different kind of feeling I have when I'm here is that the freedom that you have here, it's more like an adventurous risk-taking kind of freedom per se. So like more people like, you know, opening your, like starting your own business, that kind sure. of stuff, taking risks like that. Germany, it's more like, hey, I like want to like everything, like planning into the future that I'm secure and safe, that I have a good retirement, that I have, you know, right. all like all this extra money, like put aside and like everything is a little more um, planned out, a little more like safe like the lot kind of lifestyle you're living. Right. So like that's, I mean, that's especially, especially Montana. It's just kind of like, you know, just open wide and just like kind of like fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of, <laughs> it's just and, a really relaxed like lifestyle. I feel like when I'm here, it's just like, this is like chill. This is just a fun <laughs> and like adventurous, like, like enjoyable lifestyle. And, and you got, Sven definitely has got like his childhood growing up the, like you would go to other countries all the time. Oh, all the time. I mean, my my parents like they're really like free spirited, like open minded people, and we would always travel like all over the place. Like uh, we like we used to have a motorhome growing up, so we like we used to go to like Spain, France, the Netherlands. Jeez, I, I don't know, like Italy. We're like all all those places all the time. And that's is that that's like a short short drive kind of? Uh, depends. I mean, when we would go like to Spain, it would be like a two day trip, but mm. we would have a motorhome, so we just kind of like stop, like Jeez. on like a rest stop and sleep, and you know, go the rest of the way the the next day. And my dad's a bit big windsurfer, so we'd always hit up the like big windsurfing spots. Jeez. Like, so we'd always go to the ocean. I gotta ask you this now that you brought that up. Now that you've done both, what do you like better, the ocean or mountains? I mean, we do have mountains in Germany right. too, and I grew up hiking a lot too because my my both of my parents like love to go up to the mountains, go hike and stuff. Um, but I've actually thought about that quite a bit. <laughs> that's that's a really tough question to answer. I I honestly could not choose. You couldn't do it. No, I could not. That's that's tough. I the thing is, I just grew up around the ocean. I just spend so much time at the ocean, more than in the mountains. And now, like living here, obviously close to the mountains. Yeah. You know? I mean, like how many times have you guys been in the you ocean? Know. I think I've been once, a, a dozen maybe. I mean, five times. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's almost like we're forced to like the mountains, you know? It's like, <laughs> hey, they're in your backyard. Better go play with them. I, I would mm -hmm. say I love the ocean. The one time a year I would be able to go. <laughs> that shit scares me. It's, I love big on. I mean, don't don't they say like we know more about like the moon than we do like the actual bottom oh, of the yeah. ocean? Like Probably. that shit freaks me out, man. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I think that's that's a You're lot. Probably of one of those kids that gets scared of the swimming pool. The water's too dark. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so growing up, you did sports, right? And oh, yeah. knowing you, you're a basketball coach currently. I assume that was your main sport. It was, but I grew up playing soccer. Okay. Like a lot of kids in okay. Germany because that's... And there's not a lot of American football. Oh, no. No, I mean, it's it's gotten bigger right. um, recent years, but... Yeah, because I would no, say really. Sven's kind of the opposite of like sports realm as the three of us were. Because we all did football. Yeah, none of us played basketball. And, and none of us did soccer. Well, I mean, I played... I loved school. soccer. We, I mean... Even when I was playing, I was uh, like the Pele of my Thunderbolts when I was like <laughs> five. But I did some co-ed, some co-ed <laughs> soccer when I was a freshman. Even when, like in the spring, I like playing it. So what is like? What's this like? Like structure? Because obviously, like right. you know, like what high school basketball is like here. Yeah. So like, what's the structure compared to like Germany? So, so we don't have any school sports. So it's all club sports back home. Oh, really? So that's interesting. It's all s- separate. So it's not like you know. You're going to school till two, three o'clock, and then same same building you have practice. Like that's not how it goes. Like your team, your club you play for, it's usually, you know, somewhere else, like another another town. Jeez. So when you're like in that. and then your is your high school, I'm assuming it's set up differently than ours is. Like Yeah. Is there grades? There is. So I mean, elementary school is first through fourth grade. Okay. And then it goes straight into like secondary school, which just fifth grade through. So it still is in some states, I believe, that they go until 13th grade, actually. Okay. I was actually the first class that only went to to, uh, 12th grade. So I graduated. So I graduated. We I had a huge graduating class because I was the first class that only went to 12 but the year before me still went to 13 so we graduated together oh wow so it was like i don't know 1500 people holy cow i like what do we have like 300 350 i like didn't even know so so sven hasn't got didn't get to experience like having your uh having your college football or college high school football coach as a teacher and like making <laughs> yeah. sure that you have passing grades yeah. or like oh, if you missed like weightlifting in the morning and they pass you in the hall and then you just get your ass chewed. Yeah. So you didn't get to experience no, that at all. Huh? Not at all. You're lucky. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Very lucky. It's all separate. I bet it would be like a little bit, uh, well, I'm sure you guys put as much effort into it as, as sports as we do here, or if not more. Right. But you wouldn't have to. It seemed like when you're in high school, you do a sport and you're there all day long. You're at the you're at the school from the time that the sun Comes up to mm-hmm. the time it goes down, so it's interesting to hear. Like, I'm assuming you had to travel from oh, yeah. school to practice, and you had to be there by a certain time. And yep. if you got late, I'm sure you were running or something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I actually, so I started playing basketball when I was 10 years old. Played soccer before that, and I like just played in like a for a small town team, which was like 15 minutes from my whole hometown. Until I was like 14, I think. And then I went to play for a different club, which was like a more like um, accomplished like club, just like a like well-known like name in Germany. So I started playing for them because they also had like higher level leagues that I could play for. Like you have like different youth leagues and like level within those leagues or within those grades. 
um, that you can play. So like that's why I went to play, play like that different club, which was like a 30, 30 minute drive away from home. So would you say like your school was definitely just super focused on education and education only? That's where you got educated. And then if you had the ability to make it, you on your own went and did sports as a whole secluded different thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's all secluded yeah. different thing. And like, like, as you said, like my football coach was also my teacher, like, and then obviously he understands like sport and education to mm -hmm. juggle that since everything is like separate. It's like a lot of teachers in your school. They're like, I don't care if you do sports. Like if you don't do good in school, I don't care if it has to do with you doing sports and like putting a lot of time into that. Like it doesn't matter to me. Like oh, wow. they don't, they don't care because it's, it's not like what they're like focused on. And like, because it's all, it doesn't have like anything to do with, with each other. Right. Okay. And, and so to follow up on your basketball career. So after you went to that new league, where did you move on from there? So, uh, with that being said, I actually went to different high school in 10th grade. So the club I played for was in another town. It's like 30 minutes away from my hometown. So I went to a high school there for three years because that high school had a um, part-time boarding school because they were like an more like athletically oriented school. So I went to that school so I could better combine basketball and school. like school sure. because I would go to school all day and then I would go to that part-time boarding school, which was like walking distance from my practice facility. So I'd go there, have lunch, do my homework, and they would have like tutors for us and all that kind of stuff that would help us with our academic endeavors. And then I would just walk over to practice at night. My mom would pick me up. And then I would take the train at like 6 a.m. every morning to go to school. And is that like... And then every every day, it was just geez. from 6 a.m. till 8 p.m. And can night. everybody do that? Or is that like something that you, you know, you're what, you'd be 14 or 15 at the time? Are you doing that, right? Or maybe... Oh, when I went to a different school, I was like... I was 10th grade, so I was like 16. 16. So... Like as a 16 year old, you obviously are old enough to know what sport you like. Right. And like, is that a thing where you have to like make the team or is that like you could show up to that school and, you know, want to play basketball and only have a few years under your belt and then, you know, play. And then obviously, like you said, because that school is mainly for basketball and school. Right. I mean, that school, it's still the basketball part or their sports part was still not included sure. in the school. Okay. Like the club was still separate from the school. It was just a school that had more like connection like athletic connections and like gave you like had a little more acknowledgement for like athletes because they were not only basketball players like me, they were soccer players, like right. judo fighters. There was like <laughs> fencers, like all kinds of people, mm -hmm. honestly. And they would go to that school because they would do their sport on a high level too. And they like needed that like extra support because it's not like a high school. Like it kind of went 
towards more of like an American high school system because of that that way because it was easier to combine. Hmm. So like that's what they like were trying to accomplish, but it was still still separate. So obviously you you did well. You passed your classes. I did. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe every once in a while dunk basketball. Maybe. Yeah. So right now you're a college basketball coach, a women's coach, yeah, right? assistant coach. Yep. What feet, tell us the the gap between high school ending for you and getting to where you're at right now? Like, where did your life take you to cross the ocean to get here? Right, that's the big question. Yeah, like, I think we've what, all been sitting. Yeah, here. Like, I'm, I'm somebody very, fucking ask him that. I'm so, very interested in that. So I've always like it was always been a dream of mine to go play college basketball in in the U.S. Uh, my brother actually was a shot putter at Iowa State okay. for four years. So, like, he, like, both him and I were always just, like, just were really, like, we really wanted to go to the U.S. and, like, have that college experience because we always, from the outside looking in, it's like, well, this is just amazing. This is so cool. Just, like, like the sports, like, how much, like, um, attention sports gets. Mm-hmm. Um but for myself, so after I graduated high school, I had one more year of 19U National League left to play. So I did that year. Actually, for that year, I moved like six hours down south from where from my hometown to play for a different team because that team I played for that year, they were like a basketball academy and they had like a professional second league team um, as well so I was able to play 19U National League for one of the best teams in uh, in the country um, and also practice with the professional team and even play a little bit with the professional team so and big reason for me moving there as well was one of my like he's like my mentor he like growing up he was just like I met him when I was like 14 years old. He's been like my mentor, like basketball wise, just like always been around for <coughs> me. He moved down, down there a year before me to coach. So he was a big reason why I went there as well. Anyways, I went to play there and while playing 19U and like also practicing playing with the professional team, I did a free voluntary year for that club. That meant I like, Went around like town to different elementary schools, did like camps and stuff like that. I coached like a 14U team and just like helped with like all kinds of different stuff around the club. Um, and I just lived with like a couple of my teammates in like in an apartment. So, and like, we were really, really good that year. We went like undefeated and sure enough, we lost the final game of the season <laughs> oh, in no. the championship. Real fairy tale ending. In the championship, that was like heartbreaking, but it was still like an amazing experience. And another reason actually why I went there was the coach for the professional team has really good connections to like college coaches in the U.S. So like I want like I wanted him to help me like get to where I wanted wanted to be you know to go play college sports in the u.s but still after that year it didn't really work out for me and i tried like a they have like these different organizations like this one was called like scholarship or something that like help you 
like build a resume and like highlight tape, blah, blah, blah. So like help you go like play college sports. Uh, but it still didn't work out for me. I mean, I was a good player, but I was not like, like major talent. Like I was not like a D1 talent mm-hmm. where like everybody, you know, comes, comes right. to look at. Gets the limelight, like yeah. you know. So I just always had to like work extra hard to like get where I wanted to be. So it still didn't work out after that year. So I decided to go play Pro B, which is the first professional level in Germany. So you have Pro B, Pro A, and then the BBL, which is like the Bundesliga, which is the highest level. So you have those three, which are the three professional levels. So I played one year just Pro B basketball. And I was like 19 years old and I just had a really good year. And then I was fortunate enough to meet in Montana State Billings alum at one of my games when I played for that Pro B team because one of my teammates knew him and he was like, hey, go talk to him after the game. Um, He might be able to help you out to go play college ball. And I was like, okay, cool. So I um, talked to him after the game and he contacted the coach at MSUB because they played to be, to uh, play together back in the day at MSUB oh, like wow. in the <laughs> late what a ni- small world MSUB late, guy late 90s early 2000s they played together so the guy I talked to he lives in Germany but he's uh, both American and German because his dad um, was American so yeah like that's just how you know Got the ball rolling, and Moved he talked. Here. He talked to the coach at MSUB, and he liked he liked what he was looking at, and offered me a scholarship. And that's how I got here. Was, was huh. your highlight tape just a bunch of like two hand jams? <laughs> <laughs> I wish no. What no, I wish I, you you can look it up. It's still on YouTube. Oh, we're gonna have to do and that. It's on like 2014, 15. Oh, so what year did you graduate high school? 2013 oh dude same hell yeah man i know i'm i'm like i'm not i didn't definitely didn't take the normal route yeah no i wasn't an 18 year old freshman i was a 20 year old freshman <laughs> i actually turned 21 my freshman year oh, oh you know what's funny though was, uh, way different y'all, y'all are still closer <laughs> to 30 than 25 <laughs> how how uh, you, you had to been a little pissed off that you moved here when you're 20 and you couldn't drink oh my coming God. from germany that, oh yeah because <laughs> you can drink at what 18 there 16 16 yeah yeah, yeah, five sure. years under his belt I guess before well. he came here. Yeah, so you can drink like <laughs> beer and wine when you're 16, and then like all the heart liquor when you're 18, like everything else. Wow. So yeah, like, but to answer your question, like when I first moved here, and I wasn't able to buy alcohol at the store, I was 20 years old. I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> that, was it like months or like a full year that you had to wait to be 21? Um, I turned 21 in the spring. So, yeah, like a whole semester, yeah. The first semester, I couldn't. Jeez. Yeah. Me and Wyoming and Sean. Well, that's fair. 19 years old, <laughs> walking out of the chase. That's just like the rest of us. You got you had to have a couple years of college. No, that without. never happened. No, that never happened. We're good kids. But, uh, yeah, that's you just poor like. poor city college guys, though. Whoa, really whoa. Sorry. Who, raise your hand if you have a college degree in this room. Oh, oh. my about point being two. is about like you, yeah. you didn't you didn't get to stay in dorms and shit. Well, you didn't get experience. Did. I never did. You never did. No. When you went to Butte, no. 
You didn't stay in dorms? No, I live. I lived in an apartment with my brother. Hey. Ah, your brother lives there. I may not have a degree, but I have more years of college than you. <laughs> that's not a flex. That's not. That's not. That's why we started a podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It no. might. It might bring you in more than a college degree. Hey, who yeah. knows? Well, mm-hmm. never know. Who knows? That. Uh, that's like honestly like a. You, it's like you couldn't make up that story. No. I mean, seriously. No, I love it. Like that's just crazy. And now he's a hunter in Montana. Yeah, right? now he's <laughs> now he's stuck here. Just he he was talking about wanting to go ice fishing too. Really? Yeah. Now was I would there? Love you, to try have that. you fished ever? Well, like I went fishing before, <laughs> no. and I like fly fished for the first time with those two in the and, backyard and run <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But no, like I fished a few times, but never like with tidal weight to his fly line and his cast. And- no, it's. But no, just, I think you know. I think you've come accustomed to a lot of like like, I would say more so like a Montana based yeah. hobbies. I feel like you've kind of like, and I've up. like I've always really enjoyed like being outdoors and doing outdoorsy. So it's an easy pickup for you. It's then, definitely sure. an easy pickup just to like, no, and especially after, you know, not like not playing basketball anymore. I just there's just I'm just discovering so many more things just that I love doing. You know? Well, let me ask you this: Would you say, and I think we can all kind of relate to this, as people we all grew up in sports. Right. I did a year of college football. Obviously, you played basketball. Sean and Ramsey both could have played college if they wanted to. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> no, I'm I'm being honest. Sean played college hockey. I played a little. Oh, puck. it's college hockey, I and then a little puck in the day. Yeah, and then Ramsey uh, <laughs> broke his arm, so he right. didn't go play college ball. Um, the way I look at like outdoor activities anymore, cause we're, we get into stuff, we're into stuff more than even just hunting. I mean, we like recently we've been like really getting into like setting my truck up to like, I put all these, uh, like drawers and stuff in it to be able to go camping right. and fishing at the same time, regardless. But I think as people that grew up doing sports, you did something that was re- like you had, a, like it was rewarding at points. Like you had points of where you felt self, self accomplishment and you're used to that kind of lifestyle. And I think like Montana really gives you activities where you get, you know, a self, you know, a sense of like self-accomplishment and like hunting, fishing, you know, when you catch a fish or when you right. harvest an animal or you go hiking or you go. What would you guys like? I mean, honestly, like off the top of your heads, what would you guys say that the number like when you think of now that now that Sven is in this world, too, when you guys think of doing something like hunting, fishing or whatever, what is the one thing that like makes you really want to do it like have you ever thought about that like is it just being outside or like is it just the idea of the hobby or it's the experience it's honestly like everything you do to get to the point of where you want to be whether you succeed or fail it's still fun oh yeah and it's something i do again i'd fail every year to have the same experiences that I had this year. I don't know about you guys, but like when we like make a plan to go do something, like whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, anything, the night before we do that, I'm like, Jazzed. I'm like, I can't <laughs> sleep. Like oh, I'm yeah. just like the whole time I'm like, you're like a little kid like again. When you, yeah. When you're thinking like, of like, awesome. I mean, dude, the first time I went out hunting with you guys, like the night dude, before. He told us. You remember that? Because uh, like, he was dude, sitting. Because yes. you were late that morning. And he was sitting in there, and he's, oh, like, yeah, texting I, me. He's, like, where the fuck is Sean? <laughs> and I'm, like, dude, I, 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 mean, you I remember 
I that was uh, the, for like the night before the first time I went out. I had a dream. I th I think I told you about that. I was laying in a, my bed, and I had a dream that there was a deer in my backyard. <laughs> oh, in my oh, backyard. And then I got up and had a rifle in my hand, and like was like shooting it, shooting it. <laughs> That's nice. it. Jeez. And I've never hunted before. Just that, you know, having that. Wow. That's a set in my mind. So do you That's think this awesome. is something you're going to continue for the time you're here? And yes. I, I don't know how long you plan on staying definitely. in the States. I but. mean, as of right now, I'm not planning to leave. So. Right. So cool. Well, I, yeah. I really hope we can get back out again next year. Oh, I, sure. I got to go with you guys as a group one time. Yeah. I wasn't there. No, yeah, Sean was wasn't there. Yeah, Sean wasn't there? No. Was so yeah. now I'm trying to think back. The one time that we saw Elk on the One property, was that with... Uh, he that was, was not that there. That was Garrett and Sean. That yeah. was Garrett and Sean. Okay, yeah. so he didn't get to see elk. That's unfortunate. But like, going back to your question, or your question about like why we like like to do this, I feel like we all. I mean, we all played sports. We all come from like team sports background as well, and just going out with friends who like like to do the same thing, and as you said. Ramsey, like even experiencing like failure, like we are used to like experiencing failure in sports too. Oh yeah, and we still love it. Like you use, uh, lose a basketball game, you lose a football game, like you still love the sport. Mm -hmm. You still love to do it. So like I think that's just like a big part. I think so of too. It too. I think it like creates. I mean, I mean honestly, I think when we go out and you know we we don't see anything and you know we don't catch fish, we don't you know harvest anything. I feel like that builds almost better memories. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you go out and shoot. I, I think it does because you focus more on what you did. Little things. Little things. Little things. I remember we had a conversation about this on one of our dart nights. We got real philosophical. Yeah. <laughs> <between> <laughs> us. We were sitting in there. And was, but I, Because I, when you shoot something, you're like, that's what I'm focused on. Oh, you know, I'm focused on the story of how I shot that. That's like part of being a competitor, too. Yeah. Like, you just competitive in what you're Jake. doing. And like you want to get better, like you want yeah. to learn from it, and like you enjoy, like why did I not like succeed this time? Right? Why and did I not like? And then you focus on these details. You yeah. talk about these little details, and that's how you get better. And that's like as we all are, I feel like competitive people right. from sports background, and now like carrying like carrying you want to get better at, into at like being whatever we do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like the question we had, I want to ask Riley this because he wasn't there. It's it's like you can relate it to sports, outdoors, literally anything you do. But why do you think we remember the bad times more than the good times? I mean, think about it. Can you how many times can you remember you made an awesome play in football versus a time you made a shitty play in football? I, don't know. I used to be pretty egotistical. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You used to? Uh, <laughs> I I mean, you that's know a hard saying, question right? for me because I'm so my mind and my body is so into being an outdoorsman anymore that I like really hold on to every aspect of like, I could almost tell you every hunt that I went on this season. And I went for probably, I went to one place for like 11 straight days. I went with you guys probably a total of seven or eight days. Um, Sorry, we have the labs in here with us today. <laughs> and if you see me looking around and snapping, they're just being rambunctious. But uh, anyways, 
Um, I don't know if I really would say that failures I notice as much as like to go along with this. I really find that like 40% of my being is like every time I'm out hunting, you're seeing different, you're seeing a same animal in a different way every time. Like you're seeing stuff that every, especially like when I'm like elk hunting for archery season, you're seeing shit that so little people really have seen on this planet. Being in on a screaming bull elk, you know, when you're out. I used to have a really good story to like back up what you just said there because like I was fishing by myself um, on the west side of the state and nobody was around me and I was standing in the middle of a river fly fishing and there was big rocks behind me and I wasn't catching shit. But I watched a bald eagle come off the rocks into the water and bring a fish out of the river and take off. And I was trying to, I was, I was thinking about it. How many people in their lifetimes do you think have ever seen something yeah. like that happen? Yeah. That's the best part of like, like <laughs> Montana and hunting and outdoors as a whole is like, you're, you're experiencing this, this crazy stuff that like, you're like, you'll remember that like photographic thing. The little things always just like, like and I feel like that's a big reason too, why I got so excited. Uh, like, like about going hunting with you guys, because you Ramsey would show me videos of you like when you were out bugling like with those elks and stuff yeah. like in the oh yeah and like that's something you got the morning you got to experience like that. that dude that. And they they bugle back at you and like stuff like that but you told me like this crazy story with like the wolves or whatever yeah you're telling me like those like I'm like dang like that's something we need to I get would run up in the mountains we need to get them out of the prairie <laughs> yeah. I would love to see it. dude you even got to get them like this is a crazy thing to think of too like how exciting you can get off of a bird. Yeah. Like ducks and geese, when you have ducks and geese coming into decoy spreads and stuff, you get the same adrenaline rush as you would. Right. I don't know. And like, I'm not opposed to trying like any of, like I oh, want to yeah. try it all. Yeah, like, you should. Because... I think it's good. Even if you're not like, like Sean this year, he was bow hunting with us, but yeah. he hasn't, you know, he didn't bring a bow. He was literally just there to right. experience learning it really. Yeah. And, and I mean, you had as much fun as you would have if you would have been oh, yeah. had to own your own bow in your hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I want to try as much as I can for the time I'm on. Yeah, this might as experience it all, man. dude. Seriously, yeah, I mean, it's. But anyways, like to go along with that, like seeing the different, you know, like when I went on that 11 day hunting trip, uh, I saw anywhere from five to 30 elk every because we would we would hunt the morning. Go have lunch at the lodge, leave the lodge, go hunt the evening. So you basically would have two two times a day that you're out trying to do like a a really good hunt, you know, try to get like a four or five hour right. session in, maybe longer in different situations, whether you're sitting a field or, you know, hiking a backcountry or, you know, just trying to get different situations to get on. We were hunting mule deer and elk, you know, and this particular spot, you couldn't hunt bulls unless you had a special tag. But every day, both those times a day, I would see five to 30 different bulls and cows, you know, every day. And it was just like, I love elk. And just to see that every day and to see how they're, I mean, one night we're coming up through this one canyon that the deer all funnel into the hay fields. And I have never seen this before. It looked like uh, like a flock of birds going under this rim, but they were deer. And what they were doing was there was a coyote in there. And there were 20 does, and I've never seen this before. They were chasing the coyote off. Like, they were stomping on it. 
Huh. And Chase, like, I mean, that's the first time I've ever seen something like that. Right. You know, uh, who, how many people have seen that? Like, just crazy <laughs> shit yeah, like that. Seriously. Yeah. I feel like there's always, it's just always like a buildup of little things, you know, that continue to, like, just surprise you. And you're just like, holy shit, so this happened, you know. It's, when we go hunting together, would you say, um, like, you get excited to see, like, different species or not? Like you see a coyote, it's fun. You see a. I would say the only species, and, and Sean can be with me on this one, that I am super not stoked to see are fucking squirrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean knows exactly what I'm Do talking about. Do you think about. you're excited to see all these different animals? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you love to see these other things and it excites you to see an animal, or because you're not seeing other things? I honestly am going to say the moment. When you're glassing and you get eyes on, at least for me, oh. it's not so much like a sh- like in, like first thought in my head is like get up, get ready to shoot. It's more or less just watching them, like like the elk we saw in the first shoulder. Hunt. Yes, you like, know what Ramsey's like, jerk reaction now is, no. which is cool for the business, is filming. Like he's <laughs> like it's not it's like because I'm the same as you. Is like I'd rather sit there and experience the situation. And they're like, oh shit, maybe I should like if I'm gonna kill, yeah. <laughs> hunt yeah. this thing, do it, but like. Uh, it's nice to have Ramsey around because he's a he's a jerk reaction to the camera anymore. Is that would would the, was this year like your first time like being actually in and like paying attention to to animals? You would say like deer. Is that like your first time? The, ever? Yeah, like like you guys were talking how they how they move, how they act. Yeah, definitely. I think that was the first time I act like consciously paid attention to. Like their movements and like the way they just behave, I guess. And what was your like first reaction to that? It's just like cool or like it was it was cool actually like noticing it and like you guys kind of like explaining it and like talking about it. That was like really cool, cool thing to see and like just like just notice. Yeah. Because like having Sven on here makes us sound like really good hunters. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I wouldn't discount that we aren't. You know, well, I think Josh. we're all, you know, anyway, pretty sorry, advanced. I kind of cut you off. <laughs> um, oh, you good? What was I going to say here? Oh, I think a really cool thing that I thought. So obviously we haven't really addressed it, but Sven was we didn't get to successfully put you on an animal this year, right. which is really a great learning experience for you. Because a lot of people don't shoot things their yeah. first year or their second year or their third year. There's still grown men that have never shot bull elk and yeah. or elk period, you know. And I think the one cool thing that you got to experience this year is a negative aspect of hunting. Something that is negative that um, you can see and learn from. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was with you that day, we had, and I don't know if you've heard this story or not, but I'm going to tell it real quick. We had popped up into um, kind of our, kind of our, I don't know, not really secret spot anymore. It's more of our just better spot on the property to go hunt. And there's a field up on top of this timber that will hold deer um, because they'll feed through the field in the morning. And we got up there and as we're coming down the two track to get to another section of the property, a deer runs out in front of us. And it happens to be a pretty decent four point. And it was in a weird spot. It was super close to the two track. Real, I mean, you're really getting close to uh, 
within like 150, well, maybe I'm further than that, like 500 yards of a main road. And once we get there, you know, the deer's in a weird spot. We don't usually see them right next to the two track. Well, it gone up on the hill. We think it's gone. But you and Ramsey end up going up to that spot and you find this deer and Ramsey has a video of it laying in the grass at about like 20 yards. Yeah. We'll come to find out after putting a stock on it, you know, cause it was, it was super weird. It was just like, why is it this deer knows we're here. It's not moving. It's just sitting there. Ramsey stood up and walked at it and it wouldn't do anything. What we end up finding is off the main road, there's a state corner section there. And someone, I wouldn't say poached, but made a very unethical decision yeah. to jump out of the road, probably illegally shot the deer from the road and it hopped it onto the property because it hadn't happened within minutes mm-hmm. of us getting there. And what we found out is as Ramsey was walking up to see what, I mean, was the deer sick or something, or you know, maybe we could get Sven to shoot this deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it gets up and runs and it's got a spinning leg. Did you guys uh, hear a gunshot at all? No, no, we just came up, we stumbled upon the situation. Okay. And um the unfortunate thing is this deer had enough adrenaline, you know, we were all caught off guard, it got up and ran away and got in the timber. We never saw it again. Right. Ramsey then goes to where it was bedded and there's blood everywhere. So then we put two and two together that someone had made a very poor because no one else had permission on that property. Um so just with that negative thing, that is that is what I would say is a negative thing that happens in mm-hmm. hunting. And you got to see, you know, because Ramsey and I have run into poachers before. We ran into unethical hunters. You know, what was that scenario like for you as an outsider to really come across like a borderline illegal situation that someone had done on your hunting property um, and to see like an unethical thing happen? Like what was that like for you? Like that's like what I was talking about earlier a little bit, just kind of like that's what i like don't like about it and which like just the hard part like even like just hurting the animal and like not actually like killing it that's like personally like i got like nervous about it the first time i went out like hunting and like i didn't pull the trigger but like that's what like was kind of like in the back of my head just like as it should be yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's great i mean for someone that's just beginning hunting like you're Moral compass not is, trigger like, happy, you know, is very is good. good. Like, I want to make sure that I hit the animal and kill yeah, it. Yeah, a fast, yeah. quick death, you know, yeah. That I don't just hurt it and it has to suffer. And that's, like, what's kind of, like, sad and what I don't. And that, as, like, a, like if that, think about it. as a first hunting experience, if that were to happen, that shit tears you apart for, I mean, it'd be really hard for a guy to come back. I mean, somebody who actually cared and wanted to be ethical, that'd be tough to come yeah. back from. I think if you had been there, you wouldn't have been happy either. I mean, Ramsey and I clearly weren't, like, we were, like, not happy about the situation for many reasons. We don't like, you know, the fact that someone jumps on the property in the first place, they're not supposed to be on it. But to make, you know, you know that it was a rush shot. They ran from the road. This deer probably wasn't, it was moving. They clipped it in the shoulder and broke its leg. And, I mean, they they had to, it had to have died eventually. But, um I don't know. It was just, it, I, at this point now, I, I'm, it's cool to look back on having Sven there to, cause I mean, think about it. How many, how many times did you go hunting? Three, two? I think it was only two. Twice. Yeah. Twice. In those two times, Sven gets to experience something that doesn't happen very often, but you can make, you can now go forward with right. the way you act as a hunter 
and know the situations you don't want to put yourself in. I feel like even even the first time the three of us went out, I think the first time we glad when we went up on that little like hump, and then there was this other guy in the car like over to the right. You remember? Mm-hmm. And like we were just like glassing that like group of deer. Oh yeah. And then like all of a sudden the shot went Boom. off, yeah. and like they all ran and it was like really close to us. And we were just like, what? What is that idiot doing? Oh no, I've definitely been shot at before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ramsey's been getting some... shot at a yeah gun range. And that's like that's the problem with yeah. that stuff. You well, know? and I just... like I said, just the more and more I get to hear from you is like it's you don't really hear that from a lot of beginning people. They don't understand, um, like moral ethics and mm. stuff. Because a lot of people that you know, even a lot of people in Montana, in this area are just like all they want to do is kill and all they want right. to do is shoot the gun. And they don't think about, you know, you know, Ramsey, you could tell that story. Ramsey got shot at once in a situation he shouldn't have been shot at. And luckily, you know, we didn't get like, you didn't hear a ricochet close or anything, but we knew they were shooting in our direction for sure. And, uh, but I, no, that was, I know just a quick little story. And I, I didn't know if you had heard that story, Sean, um, because, uh, I don't know. It was just cool. You know, Ramsey and I can handle that situation as people that have been in that situation multiple times. But for someone that's never been in it, I'm sure it was very, like, kind of just not very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, and I will say, as someone that's, you know, hunted for a long time, situations will arise that you can't control, you know, to where you make the best possible shot you Mm -hmm. can and something might go wrong and that puts you in that situation. But in that particular one... There's no way that deer should have been in that situation because mm-hmm. it can't. It was like first light, first of all, and for it to get as far as it did, you know, that had to have happened right there on that state line. Right, and we didn't want to pressure it because the more you pressure it, the more it's going to suffer. Yeah, and it it just completely caught us off guard, and it was a bummer that we weren't ready for it to. We thought it was going to lay over right there with whatever was wrong with it, or or we'd get and you could never get a shot. It was on the horizon of a plateau. Right. Um, and then eventually Ramsey walks up to it without a gun, thinking it's something's sick or something, and he runs off the timber, can never find him again. But yeah, no, that was I don't know. That yeah, was a real great But and just like just laying there and like just that was, ready that, 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 that video you have of me like just laying there, like just being ready with the scope, like having my finger like on the trigger, like just waiting for it to like stand up and like just like for me have have a good shot that was just like that was just awesome was, you've made it 99 <laughs> yes yeah. just that last little <laughs> last little part yeah. the final one percent you need we'll but get it next year next yeah it's gonna be a great year Optimism. yeah you gotta get him out fishing this year too oh we're teasing ice fishing ice fishing, no, ice fishing? good yeah. good yeah. well uh you know i think we could probably talk for another hour Sven. this has been really fun <laughs> yeah it has seriously um, we'll have to have you on again yeah, be for sure. great to, no. um, but for tonight, we're running a little long tonight, I think, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit. But. Okay, cool. Well, uh, you guys have anything to add to the conversation tonight? No. Well, really Sven? Thanks, Sven, for, no, hey, yeah. for coming out. Happy to be here, man. Yeah. That was, that was fun. I'm happy for you to have these two as teachers. Uh, you know, they are, these two are good ethical um, hunters and they're good people to learn from. I'm glad that you, you met them and this is the, the route you're going. Yeah, I definitely appreciate those guys. And um, but yeah. also I think it's really cool what you guys doing here with your podcast. I think. Oh, well, thanks man. Yeah, it's man, been, thank you. this has been, 
I don't know, one of the happier experiences of ours for a long time. And we're, yeah. we, I don't know, we just want it to skyrocket for us. We have a lot of amazing ideas uh, down the pipe here. So, yeah. Um, sure. Thank you for being our first After Dark, even though oh, I know, like, like Sean said, this really felt like more of a, <laughs> an, an interview, interview yeah, but yeah. Uh, more than, uh, than storytelling and, and bullshitting that, and that shit. That just but. means we'll have to have him on for for another episode. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Hey, man, whenever you guys... He's got tons more to tell me. Sure. Oh, I got, I got stories. Yeah, I don't even think <laughs> we I, hit the, the, I, I the talk, tip of the iceberg there. I can no. talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. It was great to learn a little bit about you a little more, yeah. Sven. And uh, yeah, we'll get you on the next one. Appreciate so. you guys. Uh, I guess we'll uh, see you guys later. Huh? See you later. Peace out. Bye. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Make sure to download and listen to the Bull Mountain Brothers podcast. You can catch us on Spotify and Apple Music. Don't forget to check us out on social media for more daily content. Links in the description. <laughs>